August the 6th, 2010. Friday morning at 4 a.m. I was probably at the lowest emotional point of my life. I was coming off a really bad emotional tragedy, trauma, you want to say, with anxiety, depression, probably one of the worst weeks emotionally of my life. Couldn't sleep, haven't been sleeping, and I never forget, it was the night I walked into the living room, and I sat on the sofa just weeping. My wife heard me, she came in there to me, and she knew what all the stuff that I was going through emotionally. And I begged God to speak to me. God, I don't sense you. I don't feel you. I can't hear you. And this is not just happening one night. This is actually going on for weeks, if not months. God, would you just let me know that you're here. Just let me know that you hear me. Let me know that you care about me. Have you ever desperately so bad just needed to hear from God in your life? And I can't explain it. I honestly really don't even know what happened. But it was about four o'clock in the morning because I, I remember looking at the clock. I stood up on my feet and I raised my hands and I begged God, just, just let me know that you're there. Just let me know that you're there. And if you've been in an emotional baggage and with depression or anxiety, whatever it may be in your life, you know this, what I'm about to say. It was like this fog, this cloud has come over me. And I stood to my feet and just for a moment, I don't know exactly what happened or how to explain it, but it was just like the cloud just for a moment lifted. It's like it parted just for a moment. And I just sensed God saying, I'm here. And as fast as the clouds departed, they came back. But that's all that I needed. Because when you go weeks, if not months, and you don't sense God or hear God, and I'm your pastor, that's all that I needed. Have you ever been that desperate before in your life you just needed God to speak to you? Well, since 2010, I've learned a lot about how to get in position to hear God speak. I learned a lot. What do you do when the heavens are silent? I've learned how do you distinguish between God's voice and the enemy's voice? God's voice and your friend's voice. God's voice and your own voice. That speaks in your life. And that's what this series is all about for this next four weeks is how do you hear God speak? Like, how do you get in position to hear God? How does God actually speak to you? And then how do we receive and request the prayer requests in your life? And that's what we're going to dive in and jump into and focus on in this series. So if that intrigues you and you want to know, because I honestly think that the greatest thing in your life, apart from giving your life to Jesus, is to hear His voice. 
And next week, I'm going to share with you why it's important for you to ever hear God's voice in your life. So come on, let's just pray and ask God to do what only He can do. And that's to open our eyes that we would hear Him this morning. Would you pray with me? Father, we're so grateful and thankful that, God, you gave us breath this morning, that you woke us up this morning, you brought us to this facility to worship you this morning. God, we know we're not here by accident, we're not here by mistake. You have a purpose and plan or we would not be here today. So, Father, my prayer is that when the seed goes forth, when the word goes forth, that today it would fall on good soil, that would fall on good hearts, that over time will mature and produce a harvest in our lives because we have heard you speak. We love you, Jesus, for it's in your name we ask and we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Guys, thank you so much, worship team. How many of you enjoyed your extra hour of sleep last night? Come on, you got an extra hour of sleep. Yeah, the rowdy bunch. That's why you're at the second service. I know that, right? You partied a little bit way too hard last night or you'd have came to the early service. You know what I'm saying? But we are so glad you're here. If this is your first time or first time in a long time, welcome to Better Life Church. We want to welcome everyone watching online. And speaking of watching online, you know, maybe you've just been coming for the last little bit and you don't know this, but we are actually going to be launching a Better Life Church campus in Grayson at the first of the year. We're really excited about that. In fact, the great news is, is that our core team, the Grayson core team, begins to meet tonight, weekly, leading up to that launch as they begin to build the team together. I have the privilege to get to go tonight and preach to them until it transitions to on Sunday morning. So I'm really excited about hanging out with them. And we have a great announcement that we want to share with them tonight. They're going to be super excited about when it comes to facility and things that we're going to be meeting in and renting. So if you're here and you're from Greenup County, Lewis County, Boyd County, uh, Sandy Hook, or if you're watching online and this is an area for you, listen, and Grayson's a, a closer drive. We are coming to Grayson. I've been spending some time in Grayson, talking with people in Grayson, sharing what God's doing in Grayson. And I'm going to tell you what, Grayson needs Jesus, y'all. And I'm really excited that we get to go and plant a big cross there and share Jesus in this and, and see the movement that God's going to do. So if you're here and, and you want to be part of that, listen, go to the Red Room and say, hey, Grayson's a little bit closer for us and we like to have some more information because we would love for you to join to be part of that launch team. We're really excited about it. If you're excited about that, would you say amen? Amen. That's some good stuff. That's some good stuff. All right, grab your Bible. Let's jump in the Word. Go to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, if you have been with us uh, at least a year. A year ago, we took this passage, this same passage, and we dedicated four weeks to this passage. We called it the heart of harvest. We talked about uh, the things that happened in our heart, and Pastor Jacob ended the series. It was phenomenal. It was a great, great uh, series. But today, I want to condense this and put it together in, in a way that we can apply this to like, how do we get in position to hear God speak? Because in the beginning, it's all about preparation. You just can't rush into God's presence. We've got to get our hearts right and prepare our hearts and our mind if we want to hear God speak. And that's what today is all about. So Luke chapter 8, let's begin in verse 4. One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable. What's a parable? It's an earthly story that has a heavenly meaning. He told it to a large group that had gathered from many towns to hear him. This was already a regional church, a regional gathering. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. Other seed fell on rocks. 
it began to grow, but the plant soon withered and died because it lacked water, moisture, nutrients. The other seed fell among the thorns, and it grew up, but it was choked out by the tender plants. Now, the, the thorns choked them out. And still, other seed fell on fertile soil. The seed grew, and it produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as been planted. That's a harvest right there, y'all. And when he said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear, if you can hear me, if you understand me, if you know my voice, listen and understand. Now, there's some characters in this passage that we want to make sure we're on the same page to set it up. Obviously, the farmer represents God. The farmer represents God. The seed represents the Word of God. The Father scatters the seed. He speaks the Word. It's, it's actually Logos. He speaks the Word out. This is the Word of God, the written Word of God. He says, I, I cast the seed, and the soil represents a heart. It represents your mind. Now, I want you to understand this. There's nothing wrong with the farmer. There's nothing wrong with the seed. What determines if it grows or not is the heart or the mind that receives it. And so today I want you to examine your heart and your mind and say, what type of soul am I? What type of soul is the Word of God falling on? Because it's the soul that determines the harvest. And so I want you to examine your heart this morning as we walk through these different things. Now, now some people think that this parable represents four different peoples. It possibly could. But here's what I know about me and I know about you. At any time in our life, we fit in any of these categories. If you've been a Christian, there's times in your life your heart has been in one of these types of hearts in your life. I know that. I know it from my own life, and I know that for you. So let's walk through this, and let's see how do we get in position to hear God speak. So if you're ready to get started, say, let's go. All right, here we go. If you're taking notes, your note takers out there, come on. You get extra credit in heaven if you take notes. Did you know that? I'm just kidding. You don't. But that'd be pretty cool, right? Some of like, that's right. I'm going to get extra credit. You know, you sit in front of the class. But anyway, we're glad you're here. The first thing you got to do is I must have an open mind. If I want to hear God speak to me, I got to come to God with an open mind. What do you mean by that? I got to come to God wanting to hear from Him. That God, I want you to speak to me. I got to come to God expecting, God, when I get before you, you will speak into my life. Let's look at this in verse 5. A farmer went out and planted his seed. As he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. So let's just recap here a little bit from what we talked about last year because we talked about what a farm looks like. And a farm had different paths all the way through it that people would travel through. Well, if you're a farmer, what would you do? You'd put a, like a, a sack on and you would put seed in it. And you know this, if you, if you did this to your lawn or you're a farmer, you, you take the seed and what do you do? You broadcast it. And wherever the seed falls, it falls. So the farmer would walk a path through the field, he would take his seed and he would just scatter the seed. Some of it fell on good soil, some of it fell on shallow soil, rocky soil, some of it fell with the weeds and the thorns, but some of it fell on the path. And when it falls on the path, you walk across the seed and the birds can see the seed on the path. So the birds, and you know this right, if you, if you planted seed before, will come and swoop down and eat the seed. But what do you know about the path? Well, anything that you walk on long enough and you travel on, guess what it does? It beats the path down. Which means this, nothing can grow there. It gets hard. Some of you know this, right? You have cows or you have horses. They walk a path, it packs it down, it makes it hard. Some of you deer hunters in the house, right? You've been trailing these suckers since this summer. And you're trying to feed them like this. And, and people say, I can't believe you shoot Bambi. I don't kill Bambi. I kill Bambi's dad, okay? That's another story. 
And, and, and you know this, right? They've walked a trail. Something has patted the path down. And what happens is when it comes dirt, it gets what? Hard. It is closed off to the seed that lands on it, and the seed it can't germinate. Some of you this morning, you have a hard heart. Some of you this morning, you have a closed heart or a closed mind. In fact, God wants to speak to you, but you've already shut it up. You've already hardened your heart. You've already made your mind up before God ever said anything. See, if you come in here and you listen to me preaching, the only reason why you're here because your wife made you come. You really want to hurry up and get out of here and go eat and watch a little bit of football. And you come in here because you check a sheet off. He's like, you know what, I checked box today, so maybe God has favor on me. Maybe I did the right thing and showed up at church. And you check it off, but you're not expecting God to speak to you. Some of you are teenagers, and you come in here, or young people, you come in and go, my parents woke me up, I stayed up late last night, I want to do my own thing, but I'm here, and I just really care about basketball and girls, I don't care about anything else. And your heart is hard. You've already made your mind up. Before you walked in here, whether you're going to hear God speak. And when you do that, you wonder, why ain't God speaking to me? Why can't I hear His voice? Why is not God saying anything to me? The reason is because you've already decided that you don't want to hear. You don't want to hear what God has to say. And this is meaning, this is what it means to close your heart or to be closed-minded. But what are some things that leads to, to us being closed-minded? And I'm talking to myself here. What are some things? Well, one would be pride. Here's what pride says, God, I don't need you. And some of you here today, and you're here, I'm glad you're here, and you're watching online, I'm glad you're watching online, but it's just a checkbox, because in your life, honestly, you really don't need God. I don't need God to tell me how to run my business. I don't need God to tell me how to run my finances. I don't want God to tell me how to be a parent. I'll be my own parent. I definitely don't want God to get in my relationship business. I'll date who I want to date, marry who I want to marry, do what I want to do. And God, stay out of my academic stuff. I want to go with the careers that make the most money and do this stuff. I don't need you to give me direction. And we already close our mind off to hear what God has to say. In fact, some of us know what God will say to us, and that's another reason why we don't pray, because of fear. We're afraid of what God might say. If I ask God about this, He's going to tell me to go and forgive them, and I don't want to forgive them. And no wonder you don't hear from God. Well, I already know what God's going to say if I talk to Him about it, and I just don't want to do it. So I'm afraid of what He may say, so I don't want to listen. Do you know there are people in our hearts, sometimes we get like that? I know what God's going to say. And I don't want to blank. I don't want to go bless that family. I don't want to forgive that person. I don't want to tell them I'm sorry. I don't want to show mercy to someone else. And God has already spoken, but your heart is closed. It's like that footpath that the farmer walks on, and it's hardened. Maybe for you, and for some of us too, it's because of bitterness. You've been hurt. She walked out on you. He walked out on you. And now you only get to see the kids every other weekend. That hurts. And now you're bitter, you're upset, you're angry, now you're mad at God. God, why did I have to lose my job? Why did my family member have to die? Why do I have to suffer and go through this? And because of bitterness, your heart gets hard. And you come here on Sunday and the seed's being scattered and there's nothing wrong with the seed. It's the soul that it falls on. It's the heart that it falls on. And my question to you this morning is, do you have a hard heart? Is the seed falling on this hard path? Well, Jesus explains this in verse 12, what this means. Look what he says. The seed that fell on the footpath, the hard path, the one that couldn't germinate, represents those who hear the message, you hear it, only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. You know, people sit here every single Sunday and the seed is scattered. The seed is cast. 
how to love your wife more, how to win with your money, how to deal in parenting, how to work through anxiety and depression in your life, how to get in position to hear God speak. And you sit here and you hear, and then you walk right out of the door, and because you won't do nothing with it, the devil will come and snatch the seed away. Snatch it away from your heart because you didn't do anything with it. That is a closed mind. That is a hard heart. Here's the second one. We will prepare to hear God speak. I must schedule time to listen. Anybody have a listening problem in the house? Come on, right? Right? Especially parents, we talk to our kids, right? Honey, you don't listen. I hear you. There's a difference between hearing and listening. Right, parents? Are you listening? Are you scheduling time to listen? Verse 6. Other seed fell among the rocks. Remember we talked about this last year that most of Israel is on a, this limestone, very short, shallow dirt before you hit rock. Some of it falls on the rock and it begins to grow. It sprouts up. It takes root. But it soon wilted and died because it had no moisture, it had no water, it had no nutrients. Why did it die? Jesus tells us in verse 13. The seeds that fell on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message. They hear it, they receive it with joy. I mean, they come in here and they're emotionally moved. Oh my gosh, that was a great worship set. It was acoustic and Kyle was playing the, the, the piano and it was awesome. And I just felt like the Holy Ghost goosebumps and man, church was good today, right? I receive it. I'm actually joyful about it. But then guess what happens? Look what he says. But since they did not have roots, not just any roots, deep roots, they believe it for a while, but then they fall away when they face temptation. This is the person who has the shallow heart, who has a shallow mind when it comes. And the reason why it's shallow is because you don't take time to listen and cultivate God's word in your life. And then when the going gets tough and things happen, you wilt, you die, you fall away, you fall off because you really never had deep roots. And scheduling time to listen to God and take him at his word is what will build your root system. And you know this, a tree can only grow as big as the roots as deep in the ground. A foundation of a building can only be built as strong as its foundation. We know these things. And the crazy thing is we schedule everything in our lives. We schedule everything. We schedule vacations. We schedule ball games. We schedule our DVR to record stuff on TV. Come on, right? We schedule our doctor's appointment, our dentist appointment. I have a dentist appointment tomorrow. I do it every twice a year, every, every six months. I go and I get my teeth clean. I, and they, my insurance, every, every six months, I just go, 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 go. And I put it on the counter six months out. Do you know last week I was assaulted by my dentist office? I mean, they text me. They called me. They said for me to verify, why didn't you text us back? I didn't know I was supposed to text you back. They hold me accountable to get my teeth clean. Why? It's on the schedule. Who's holding you accountable? When it comes to say, hey, did you spend time with God today? Did you spend time listening to God? They say, we don't want to be accountable with those things. We schedule everything in our lives. Why can't we schedule time to hear from God? Let me tell you why, and this is really probably really seen it more in the American church than any other church, is because we are always in a hurry. We're always in a hurry. And when you're in a hurry, guess who gets shortchanged? God does. We run into God's presence and God, listen, I got five minutes on my lunch break. Come on, go, 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 go. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me. I got five minutes. Go, go, go. All right. God said nothing. Back to work. 
or you're exhausted, right? You've done everything all day and you've took care of the family ladies, right? And, and everything's in place and you got the clothes ready for school tomorrow and the lunches are packed and everything's done and everything's taking place and you lay down, it's now 10 o'clock or 10.30 or whatever it is for you. And I go, now I finally got time for myself and I'm gonna spend time with God. Right? We're always in a hurry. And what I'm learning in my own life is just to slow down. I just want to slow down. I want, I, just want, I want to be everything that God wants me to be, and I can't be that in a hurry. If your calendar has no margin for you to spend time with God, listen to me, that means you are doing something that God never intended you to do. So some of you need to start learning to say no to extracurricular activities. No to being at every Christmas party and every Thanksgiving party on the planet. No to certain things so you can spend time with God. We're always in a hurry. And I've just decided I'm slowing down and enjoy life, enjoy my family, enjoy being your pastor. I want to see this church grow and I want to see everyone in this city and Grayson and Carter County ever around saved more than anything else in my life. But God never intended for me to kill myself over that. He says, come to me because my burden is easy and my yoke is light. And if, I, if my burden is heavy and my yoke is heavy, it's because I'm taking on something God never intended me or I'm trying to carry something that God wants me to let him carry. Because the reality is this, I didn't die for this church. Jesus did. This ain't my church. It's Jesus. He will grow his church, he will lead his church, and he will expand his church as he can. The greatest thing for us to do as a church is just listen to Jesus and do what he tells us to do. And we can't do that if we're so busy trying to do good things. I'm not saying extracurricular activities are bad things. Trying to do good things and we miss the best thing. And that's spending time with our Heavenly Father. If we never let the word sink in, we hear it, we receive it, awesome. If we never let it sink in, we will not grow deep roots. So when trials, tribulations, and temptations come our way, no wonder we can't stand. It's because we never really spent time in God's Word. Here's the third thing. If I want God to speak to me, and this is a big one, I got to remove all distractions. I must remove all distractions to hear Him speak. And that's really hard for someone like me. Man, I can't sit still long enough, and I'm always going to the next thing. My mind races 24-7, and I'm learning how to control that, how to calm that down, and how not to race all the time in my mind. I'm learning this right now, how to continue to do this, and just rest in the Lord, and just be still in the Lord. Look what he says in verse 7. Other seeds fell among the thorns, among the weeds. It grew up. But then it's choked out the tender plants. The weed, the thorns choked out the fruit that the seed could produce. So either this morning your heart is either hardened, which means you're closed-minded. It's, it's either shallow, which means you've not dedicated time to build a root system in your life. You haven't cultivated. Or it's distracted. That you are distracted with the daily living and the worries and cares and plans and goals and ambitious and bills and, and Christmas already. Yesterday on Facebook, I heard a lady said, it should be against the law to play Christmas music in November. 
And I'm like, honey, you don't know who I married. I married Miss Santa Claus, y'all. I mean, I go home in June, home from work for lunch. How's it going today? Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle. I'm like, what in the way? It's June. It's hot. I'm sweating. I mean, literally, she loves Christmas. She doesn't have a tattoo, but if she could get inked, it would say, Merry Christmas. And a Christmas tree over here. I'm serious. We named our daughter, our middle daughter. I mean, our, our, our daughter's middle name is Noel because of that. I'm serious. And we can get so caught up and distracted. And we have so many distractions pulling us in every single way. And we never silence our minds to hear from God. You know why people live an unproductive, unfruitful life? So many people I meet, they say, I have no idea what God wants me to do with my life. You want me to tell you why? Here's my question I would ask you. Are you spending time with God? If you come to me and say, Pastor, I'm just trying to figure out what God wants me to do in my life. That's a good, you should strive for it. That's awesome. My first question I would ask you, are you spending time with God? Because God's not playing games with your life. God has no intention of blowing or wasting your life. If I and you would spend as much time talking to God about our life than worrying about our life, we would spend less time worrying about our life. But we won't come to him because God's not playing games with your life. The reason you have breath this morning is because God has a purpose for you. Imagine tomorrow morning you wake up and you're breathing. Before your feet hit the bed, you should stop and say, God, you woke me up. Today, you must have a purpose and plan for me. And my mind is open and my heart is open to hear you. What do you want me to do today? That's all that I'm guaranteed. I'm not promised tomorrow. What would you have me to do today? And the reason why it's so hard to get to that place is because we have weeds and thorns that distract us. Now, there are all kinds of them, but Jesus explains to us three of them in this passage. In verse 14, look what he says. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but too quickly the message is crowded. It's choked out by the cares of the world, the riches of the world, the pleasures of the world in this life. And watch this, and so they never grew up or they never grow into maturity. And there's everything, listen, if there's ever a time in the history of our life, the church needs to grow up and mature. I mean, you're kidding me. The problem is we're so distracted. Let me tell you what America needs. America needs a mature, healthy church. That's what we need. Everything's talking about crisis and all this stuff, and I am so thankful for those and for you guys who are here who run for political offices. That is awesome. I'm so grateful for you, and I'm so thankful that you inspire to do that, to make this and do great things. I, I get that. But let me tell you what this community and the world needs, a healthy church. Because the local church is the hope of the world, not government. Jesus is. And we've got to figure out how do we grow? And let me tell you why we, I'm talking to myself, why we don't grow is because we're distracted. We get so caught up in the things of this world that we miss our main focus and purpose why God placed us in this world. He goes on and says, he's listed three thorns here. He said the first thorn's cares, which really means worry. You know what worry means? It means to be pulled in two different directions. That's like, God, I, just, I, I, I need help with you, and I think you're going to put food on the table, and you're going to provide for us financially, and then the bill comes in, and all of a sudden you're, you're pulled over here going, I just don't know if God can do it. I just don't know if God's going to come through. 
God, I'm ill, I'm sick, or I got a sick family member, or someone in my family is sick. God, I know you can heal them. I know you can do it, but I don't know if you really will. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm worried that it's not going to happen. That's what it means to be pulled in two different directions. Instead of being pulled towards God and trusting Him, we're pulled to the worries and ambitions of our lives. He goes on and says, the second thing he says, another thorn or, or, or distraction is riches. Now, you got to understand, there's nothing wrong with being rich. There's nothing wrong with having money whatsoever. And every time you say that, someone says, well, that Bible right there says, Pastor, that money is the root of all evil. I don't know why I talk like that when I think that you're talking to me. I have no idea. It's just how my mind works. And here's what I want to say. Show me. I know right there, there in that book somewhere says that money is the root of all evil. Show me. So you're taking it out of context because that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the love of money, the pursuit, because you're thinking it's going to fulfill something in your life that only Jesus can do. Money's neutral. You take money and put it in a godly person's hand, they're going to use it for good. You take the same money and put it to an evil person's hand, they're going to use it for evil. Money's neutral. There's nothing wrong with having money. There's nothing wrong with having stuff. The problem is, is when the stuff has you. And your whole life is geared to the focus of stuff. You hear parents say this all the time. I just want my kids to have more than I had. Where's that in the Bible? For some of you, it's probably best your kid didn't have. But see, we, we, we get sucked in and distracted. There's a certain lifestyle that we want to live and we're trying to achieve it. At what cost? Losing your family, dad? For working 80 hours a week? At what cost? Well, I just want my kids to have presents. They don't need presents. They need your presence in their life. Well, I just want to have toys. There's nothing wrong with toys, but at what expense? And Jesus knows this. He's not saying money's bad. What he's trying to say, if you're pursuit for it, because you're trying to find something that only I can fulfill in your life, you're missing the point, and you're distracted. Don't get distracted. And then he says, the pleasures of the world. We're so caught up in the pleasures of this life and the world that it gives us, we miss our mission and our focus of what God has really called us to do. In fact, there's so many weeds, and you can go on. What's, what's distracting you? What's crowding out God in your life right now? For some of you young people, it's Fortnite. I don't have a problem with it. I like My kids play it. When my kid says, Dad, I, I don't have time to spend time with God, and you play four hours on Fortnite? No. uh See, we let things crowd our lives out. Maybe for you, what is it? What's crowding out God in your life? The Bible said then that is a thorn and a weed. And you know what weeds are a sign of? Do you know what they are? Do you know what weeds and thorns, you know what that's a sign of? It's like me coming home in the summertime. And my wife, she says, honey, let me tell you something about women. Women are hinters. Y'all know that, right? Women are hinters. They're sitting there doing dishes. Man, the garbage is overflowing. That's a hint. Get it and get it out of here. Right? Where all my ladies at? Come on. And the guy's like, I just don't understand my wife. She's hinting. That's why. 
We're going to talk all about that in February. You're going to have a good time with it. We're going to talk about relationships and, and how women and men are going to be good. It's going to be a good relationship. This is a commercial break. Good commercial break for Valentine's and the marriage series we're planning on doing. My wife, honey. I'm sorry, my wife, she's not a girly girl. She does not twirl her hair. I don't know why I go to that. <laughs> honey, she would never do that, ever. I've been with her 21 years. And I've never got, honey, she's never, I do that. I'm just joking. But anyway, um, <laughs> Tara's like, yeah, that's you. Listen, there's weeds in the landscape. And I'm like, I'm so distracted, honey. I haven't seen the weeds, right? Why are there weeds in the landscape? Here's why. Weeds are a sign of neglection. And when you neglect what God wants you to do, you will see these weeds grow up in your life. Distracted from the riches of the world, distracted from the cares and worries of the world, distracted from the pleasures of the world. And when you see those weeds in your life, that should be just a signal you are neglecting and I am neglecting what God wants me to do. And then there's the fourth one. And he says this, the last one. If you want to hear God speak, I must do what he says, what he asks me to do. Before I even pray, the answer is yes. You imagine that? Hey, God, before we even get started, I just want to let you know the answer is yes. The answer is yes. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll give what you want me to give. I'll go where you want me to go. The answer is yes. And now maybe it's the reason why you're not hearing God speak is because really there might be sin in your life. And when you work through that sin in your life, then it opens up the hardness of your heart to hear God speak because sin will harden your heart. And so before I do anything, I'll get before God and say, God, I can miss it today. Is there anything in my life between me and you? Did I say something? Did I do something? Did I think something? Did I look at something? Did I, is there anything that may be hindering our fellowship? And I'm going to deal with that first. Get that part out of the way. Because maybe the reason why you're not hearing God speak is because you have unconfessed sin in your life. And you just need to confess it. And the Lord will show you. In fact, me just saying that, you, it comes to your mind right now and you know what it is. Just confess it right now. First John 1, 9. He's, if you'll confess your sins, He'll forgive you because He's faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins. Just confess it. But maybe the reason why too is because God's already told you to do something and you haven't done it yet. I told you to forgive them, but you haven't. I told you to apologize to them, but you won't. I told you to bless that family, but you're holding on to your riches. What has he told you? Maybe he's waiting on you to do what he's already told you to do before he tells you again. What's the next thing for you to do? Look what it says. Jesus says this. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil. The seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as been planted. I want that harvest in my life. I want to see that type of fruit in my life. Where does that fruit come from? Where do I get that? And when he said this, he called out, anyone with ears, if you want to hear the word, if your heart will be opened, if you'll just remove distractions and, and, and break up the soil and, 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 and move the weeds in your life, listen to me, spend time, I will produce a harvest in your life. And then in verse 15, he explains it. 
And the seed that fell on the good soil represents an honest, good-hearted people who hear God's Word, and watch this, they cling to it. They hold fast to it. They hold tight to it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to do it. And then look what it says. Patiently, it produced what? Itty bitty tiny harvest. I only saw a little bit of fruit in my life. Look, a huge amount of fruit when I trust God and take Him at His Word. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to trust it. And I'm going to apply it. And we know this. Transformation only comes not by just hearing the word. Look at what James says, James 1.22. Look what he says. Don't just listen. Do it. And when you obey and do God's word, it produces a harvest in your life. Maybe you're not seeing the fruit. You keep going. Maybe you're not seeing the fruit. You keep being obedient. So here's my question, and we'll close. What do you need to do this week to prepare to hear God speak to you? Like, where did you find yourself when you look at these different hearts and soul and mind, which is all the same? Are you here this morning and your heart's hard and it's closed, maybe because of pride or bitterness? You just don't need God and your heart's just standoffish? Is it maybe because a sin is in your life and you know it, but you don't want to address it because you don't know if you address it, it may change something about your life. But you keep doing it and you're wondering why you can't hear God speak. Is it hard? Is it shallow? Because you won't take time to listen to God's word and, and, and build a root system in your life. So when temptation and trials and, and the wind comes from this, from this life and the earth, guess what? I'm able to stand firm because of my roots have grown deep. Or like for many people, are you just distracted? And by me mentioning a few of the distractions came to your life, you're like, man, I got to change my calendar. I need to, are you kidding me? I need to slow, 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 slow down. Or maybe it fell on good soil this morning and you receive it and go, I got to do something about this. And today I'm going to start doing something. Today I've opened my heart for God's to, word to germinate in my life. And it may take time to see a harvest, but I'm going to keep walking it out. I'm going to keep walking it out. And next week, we're going to learn the ways that God speak. But today we got to get our hearts ready. I'm going to ask if you would to bow your heads. I am going to trust this morning that the Lord has spoken to you. What heart did the seed fall on this morning? Maybe you've come in here this morning and maybe what happened is the seed has been planted and your heart is open to the gospel. Pastor, man, I don't know. You don't know what I've said, what I've tried, what I've done, where I've come from. Listen, I don't, but God does, and He still loves you, and He still sent His Son to die for you. I don't have it figured out. You'll never have it all figured out. I'm ready to open up my heart and break my hard heart and give my life to Jesus. Awesome. Would you just cry out to Him? Say, Jesus, I need you. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And today my heart has been softened and I receive your word. 
forgive me of my sin and help me live for you all the days of my life. And the Bible says, whoever, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you pray that with me, we're going to trust the Word of God that you have been brought into the family. And we want to know and celebrate with you. In front of you is a card you can check. Hand it to a team member when you leave. Go to the Red Room. we got a resource. we got a free gift we want to give you. Say, guess what? We want to help you in this new journey to produce fruit in your life. And for the rest of you, I hope that to see this morning that's fell on your heart will take root and you won't let the enemy come and snatch the seed that has been planted. If the Holy Spirit has pointed out things in your life, sin, confess it. Distractions, cut it out. Shallowness, spend time in the Word. Whatever He showed you, now go do it. Now let's see what God does in your life. As you stand, let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to preach your Word. God, we're so thankful that the seed is so awesome that when it's planted, you tell us that your word will not return void. So for all the hearts in the house and watch online that the seed has fell on, I pray, Holy Spirit, you will do a quick work and you would germinate the seed. It will grow and flourish and produce a harvest a hundred times more than we could ever imagine in our life. God, as your children get in position to prepare their hearts to speak, do what you do, God. Speak. Speak to us. As we worship you, Lord, speak to us. As we sing, Lord, speak to us. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we ask and pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us online today. If while watching this message, you were led to take a next step or made the decision to start following Jesus, we would love to celebrate with you. You can let us know on our website at betterlife.church slash next steps. To stay connected throughout the week, download the Better Life app, available on any major platform. Lastly, if you're interested in supporting what God is doing in this ministry, you can give online at betterlife.church slash give now. We're praying that you have a great week and we hope to see you again soon.